0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the ribs to my brisket. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I am feeling lethargic. And our very own chicken thighs. That's right. Delicious, impossible to ruin. It's Eric Ronebeck. Eric, how you doing?
1: Oh, man, how'd you know? I had chicken thighs last night. Oh,
0: so good. Dude, chicken thighs—you can just pulverize them. You could just cook them so much, and they. Just... Oh, I left them in the oven thirty minutes too long. It's chicken, it's gonna be dry. Nope, it's great. Thanks. Still good. Yep. Still good. Doesn't matter. They can cook them to two hundred and five. Doesn't still still taste good. It's an amazing. It's an amazing thing. Uh, can't can't mess with chicken thighs. Love them. So okay. Dark meat chicken's great. So we are we are uh, now at club. into uh, <laughs> me, <on> <laughs> We're now in week. Uh, I don't know ten going into thirteen. So let's just start with this. Um, at this point uh, whose whose fault is it the most we've done this a couple times this year okay i'm going to give you 100% of a uh, of a pie you can split it up however you want between whoever you want you could say it's 100% the 12th man's fault if you want i will disagree strongly Best fans but, in football. but you you could do that if you so desired so i'm going to ask you Eric, do you want to start or do you feel ready for this? Yeah, why not? Let's, let's, let's pass some blame around. Just the same way you sliced up pies last week after Thanksgiving. You got a nice slice of apple. You you, you know you chomped it down. It was delicious, I bet. What was your favorite pie you ate this week, Eric? I want to talk about not football for a little bit. <laughs> what was the best pie you ate? It's, uh, the,
1: it's the pie that I always kind of have to have and everyone's kind of like, eh, I'm not a really big fan of that. And I'm like, great. I want to eat 80% of it. Uh, and that's pecan pie.
2: Oh, okay. If you said
0: "mits me," that I was about
2: to judge you so hard. Oh, so
1: mits me! What of my so
0: Eric, you should have came to our Thanksgiving because my wife made my wife my made wife. the made the best pie I've ever eaten in my life. It was like a oh. so she called it like a Kentucky bourbon pie, but basically it was this. Oh. Okay, it was a pecan pie made with that she made a shot of bourbon in with a layer of like ch- chocolate at the bottom. It was so good i cannot mm. express to you uh, the 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 joy that this brought me um and i needed a little joy you know because i think you've uh if you've watched the last seven weeks of seahawks football uh really okay if you've watched the last that whole season it doesn't really matter it's not been a very joyful experience so yeah it's uh yeah okay anyway now that we now pie talk is over uh kevin <laughs> do you have a favorite pie i want to just actually you know what let's waste some more time kevin uh, <laughs> Carrie makes a really
2: good uh, homemade pumpkin pie, and that was solid. Um, but actually, it was my daughter's twenty-first birthday, so we had ice cream cake.
0: And mm. ice cream
2: cake always a good option.
0: Yeah. All right. So now, uh, Eric. Yes. Divvy up the blame. Who's to blame for where the Seahawks are today? The Seahawks at three and eight. Now they have dropped down to seventeenth in DVOA. The, the their performances are now catching up to their uh, the the advanced metrics are catching up to their terrible performances uh as week after week, they, they put us through it. So, all right, hit me.
1: At three and eight, by the way, towards the end of the game last night, the announcer, who, whoever it was at ESPN was, uh, cause I didn't watch the Manning cast cause I'm stupid. And he was like, this could be the final nail in the Seahawks season. And then it showed the playoff picture. It was like a four and seven team is in the running. I'm like, what are you talking about? Maybe, maybe the final cough. The, the, the nail happened weeks ago. Giving up this pie, eighty percent. The Eric. Ron By the Beck way, there, there was no Manning cast.
0: Pie. Eric, there was no Manning cast. Oh, thank you. God! I, I just looked because oh, I was like, God. I was like, I didn't watch the Manning cast. Was there a Manning cast? And it said Peyton Manning and Elon Manning will not be on the air in Week Twelve for football team versus Seahawks. And I don't blame them, to be no. honest with you. What are they, they going to week- say? They took off a week off before they got Bill's Patriots next week, which is a banger. That's going to be so fun with the Manning brothers. Oh boy. The things I get to look forward to now that I don't have to care about. Is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go,
1: go ahead. <laughs> no, go it's ahead. True. Sorry. Uh Sorry to interrupt. With a 80% piece of pie, the Eric Ronebeck preferred slice of pecan pie, 80% of the entire pie. I'm putting on Pete Carroll. Pete oh, Carroll is wow. the head of the team. Pete Carroll is uh, in that draft room. He is making the number one choices. Uh, Schneider has to defer to Pete. Pete is coaching the team. Pete is hiring his coaches. He is in charge of the defense. Um, He's in charge of everything. Getting Jamal Adams on this team and giving him as much as we did and not knowing how to use them. Both Pete problems. 80% of the pie. Why not 100%? Because that's not good podcasting. So, with the other 20% of the pie, I'd like to give 10% to John Schneider. Okay. John Schneider, you're not blameless in this. But guess what? I am not gonna blame you as much as Pete. I just gotta I just gotta give you some of this stank ass pie. And then the other ten percent, I gotta put at Russell Wilson's feet. Not because of him getting injured, but because this guy, Mike.
0: This <laughs> kid,
1: is, Mike this kid, Mike. This guy's meant so much to Seahawks fans and so much to this organization in this city, and I will always love Russ and Think about all of our the past quarterbacks, how how great you thought people were going back to Zorn and Craig and Warren Moon and how Matt Hasselbeck had all these franchise records. And now we have Russell Wilson. It's like a Hall of Fame quarterback, probably. And how maddening he, he's been. Uh, this the season, it's just this compounded version of what he's always done. Holding onto the ball too long, missing wide open receivers, I argue he can't see over the line. Um but then all of a sudden coming in clutch. I mean this last drive last night, he had to, he took that sack, and you guys both know what sack I'm talking about. Terrible he, sack. Yeah, it was just it was classic Russ. Just get rid of the ball. And then he Throw steps up and makes this 35 yard pass. Uh there's just an amazing pass to Freddie Swain.
0: You know another thing that annoyed me about that drive, Eric? Is that like how come during that drive he can take the dump off throws? He can finally dump it off. Oh yeah! Now that you shouldn't be dumping it off, really. Now that it's the end of the game, he
1: can he can step up in the pocket. The pocket opens up for him in these situations. So Um, stupid. But also, I it's it's so frustrating. I gotta go back to the to the preseason. I'm sorry to the off season where he put the bug in everyone's ear that he wanted out, and maybe he didn't do it, but his agent did it. Either way, it's Russ. I gotta give Russ ten percent of this blame because I think he may have put a uh, a, a bad omen on the team. That you doesn't know, make sense, but did I'm you saying it.
0: did you like it at the beginning of the season when Russ said he wasn't just gonna be he was gonna be iconic this year? Yes what, what? Well, he has been pretty iconic. Uh, as, he's as, been he's in been, Subway commercials. Uh, R, has he changed his, his thing is no longer RW3. His brand is now RW3 and out. So um, the <laughs> the um, thing about this, okay, for me, uh, I'm going to give much more of the blame to Russell Wilson. Um, I'm going 40% Russell Wilson. Oh, wow. And I do think that his play has been bad. Um also, he coming back early from injury is a little bit selfish. It was a little self-serving. Um, I do think this team might have been better with Geno Smith. Gulp, that's terrible to say. But the first week Russ looked – the first week where Russ couldn't take snaps from under center because he was too hurt. I know that um, people like to often joke that, you know, hurt Russ is the the is the one of the best quarterbacks in this division. But this injury affected him a lot more than uh, I think maybe people are getting credit for. And so – yeah, I'm I'm really sure I really struggle like Russ, you know, like you said, it's it's all it, this 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 last game was really like a microcosm of all of the worst things about this Seahawks team from the last, you know, X number of years. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, it sucks. And you're, you're right. He drove a wedge between the team. Right. He, whether he meant to or not, whether he thought that that's what would happen or not by by, you know, releasing a list of teams you want to be trading with you to. It drives a wedge in our team. And maybe that's why we have 30 mil- or 13 million in, in cap room that we had trouble spending because people didn't want to come here. If Russ, isn't going to be around, you know, they, then Russ, Russ put a big question mark next to him in in the future of the Seahawks. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me. And the team did not make, a, you know, the team could have put that to bed by, uh, you know, by, just converting him into, into bonus and making it so that like, Hey, we're committed here in the long term. but they did not do that either. So I'm going to put 30% or 20% of the blame to John Schneider for two reasons. One, he could have made a a big commitment to Russ, converted most of his contract to bonus and said, you know, we're in it till this contract ends bare minimum, right? We are, we are going to stick this out. We're going to try to make this work. But instead the door is open for a trade after this season, 100% open based on, Based on the contract, based on the way we, we acted, the, the door is one hundred percent open for a for a rush trade. So, and on top of that, Schneider, you know, you got to lay some of the blame for how terrible we've drafted lately at his feet, right? And the trades, some of these trades have been great. Like I thought Dunlap played really good. Dwayne Brown, up until this year, has been you know a rock. Some of those trades have been great. Some of them. Not so great, you know, Percy Harvin, Jimmy Graham and and Jamal Adams, although I love Jamal Adams. And I think he's very good. Um, He's now the highest paid safety in the league. And we are giving the Jets a top 10 pick in the next year's draft, most likely, barring some kind of big turnaround that I don't suspect we'll see. Hey, there could also
2: be a collapse by like nine other teams.
0: Sure. So (laughs) I I, looking at looking at what I what I can see, we're going to end up with seven or eight wins right because we have some e- really easy games on our schedule still like Washington we get to, we get to play Detroit <laughs> Washington is is much better than Detroit
1: well like, everyone's much better significantly better, than Detroit, better.
0: no not the no, jets we're not not the falcons not okay the anyway Seahawks. not the jaguars who we beat by like 25 with Gino okay anyway uh so yeah there's some teams that are pretty bad and we get to play some of them so that's nice but you know that's seven wins. Seven wins is still really not great. Seven and ten. If you had told me before the season we're going to be seven and ten, I probably would have said, I, I, "Okay, this will be the year that we <laughs> the, end the podcast." I can't take it. I don't want to do it. It's too. There's too much stress in my life already. And but I really had faith that this team was going to put it together. So, but anyway, twenty percent for Schneider because bad drafting uh, and and not committing, making a bigger commitment to Russ. You know, like and there's other ways he could have shown that commitment. Sign Antonio Brown. Uh, go get Odell Beckham Jr. You know, there are ways that you can show Russ that level of commitment. He just they we have chosen not to. And of course, 40% to Pete because he has more uh more control over the personnel issues. Actually, I'm gonna go 41% to Pete because I always give more than a hundred percent. Uh and and uh Thanks, yeah, yes. Pete Pete has um he's a little bit past it. I do think he builds a good culture. I do think he's completely lost right now. He does not know how to coach a loser. And uh, this is this is it's obvious from his press conferences that he is just at uh, at his wits end. he does not know what he's doing. Um, This is very difficult for him. So, yeah, I'm going to go that much to Pete. All right, Kevin, how are you? I'm going to go with 60 percent to Peter Clay Carroll.
2: And I'm going with more than half because he has an outside influence of both what happens in the front office and what happens on the field. And so for that reason, I'm going to hang a lot of this on him, I think that his dictation and meddling in the offense is part of the reason why through four offensive coordinators, through three that have been here for, uh, you know, at least a decent chunk of time or are currently here, we've seen a lot of the same problems resurface time and time again. At a certain point that starts landing on his shoulders. Another piece of it is we know that Pete isn't an elite X's and O's guy. So what he is, is an elite balancer of personalities and what's happened right now with Russell Wilson and his relationship with the team, he has failed in that duty. And I think that is a big part of why there is a wedge currently. So what Pete has done great, which is get people on the same page, get people all working together for the good of the team and working towards wins. That's something that he's failed to do this season. And, so as far as the on-the-field product, that's a big issue with what he actually brings to the table. Uh, not to mention our inability to develop a second cornerback for a number of seasons now. The second reason why I haven't hung on him is because of the front office situation. I believe that Pete Garrow's loyalty to Tom Cable is a big part of the reason why we drafted offensive linemen the way we did for quite a while. And we've been trying to play catch up for a few seasons now, and it's really hard to assemble an offensive line without top picks when you need offensive tackles. So the fact that we basically did a slow rebuild of a defense while never fully investing in an offense that plays to Russell Wilson's strengths. I think that has a lot to do with the way that Pete wants the roster to be managed and, I think we all know that he has a little bit more of a say in that than John Schneider does. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and hang. I'll go 15% on John because I do think there are things that he could be doing. I do think he could do a better job of convincing Pete to do what would benefit the team the most. And I feel like either he agrees, which is a problem or he disagrees, but he can't get it working the way that he needs it to, which is a different problem. Either he doesn't have the pull and trust with Pete that he needs to have in order to help reshape the roster, or he's complicit in the draft picks we've been doing in the way we've been building it, and that is an issue. The $13 in dead cap, the lack of addressing the tackles with uh, players that work out, the first-round failures, um, the very slow roll rebuild of the defense are all big problems and that hangs on him, but the remaining 25% that goes to Russ because at the end of the day, if Russell Wilson is the elite quarterback that he claims to be, if he's the elite quarterback that he wants to be, if he's the legacy guy that he keeps uh, coming to us and telling us that he is, then, you know, he wouldn't be, leading the 29th ranked passing offense on third and fourth down by DVOA.
0: That's iconic, bro. How could you even say that? That's an, icon- that's an iconic thing to do. You know, uh, I can actually download
2: a package that turns the icon for my mouse into a flaccid dong. So in that way, it is iconic because really anything could be an icon these days.
0: Man, it is, it is tough sledding for this offense. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about the problems that that play that plagued the Seahawks this week. Um, so, I'm going to start with the defense. This defense spent 41 minutes on the field. Oh. Okay, Bobby Wagner. If you watch his post game press conference, he looks every bit of a guy who just played 41 41 minutes. That's 41 of, of 60 for those of you who are in the are in the wondering. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm going to say thirds this of the game. This defense is not bad. They're not great, but they are a good defense. And if you if you break it down, um, so one thing I did is I was like I was interested. Like, okay, they're on the field all the time. They're we're gonna set an NFL record uh, for most uh, time spent on the field by a defense since the expansion Browns, who were very very bad. They made sure of that with the expansion rules that they were horrible. So I was like, okay, well, how many points are is each team giving up per minute its defense spends on the field? And like, does that make the Seahawks look a little better? And uh, yeah, it sure does. Um, The Seahawks go from, you know, like a like a middle of the road defense to the third best defense. Basically, this very similar efficiency to the Buffalo Bills. Now, the stat isn't perfect. You know, there's a lot of other stuff going on here, but it is give you an idea that this defense is not bad. This is not a bad defense. This is a good defense. Uh, That is just getting hung out to dry week after week after week. Um, And it's just, it's getting hard to watch your boy. Al Woods played great this week, Eric, Uh, the Mm -hmm. set, the safeties look very good. Adams and Diggs both looked excellent this week. I thought the cornerbacks did an admirable job considering everything that's going on there with the injury to the, uh, the budding young superstar. Uh, Trey Brown and Sidney Jones, I thought played good and DJ Reed played good. So the good performance from our secondary where they have what they have Terry McLaurin, they have uh, what's their tight end's name? Jerry uh, Logan Thomas. I almost said, I almost said Jordan Reed and (laughs) that grandpa needs grandpa needs his meds guys. Uh, But Uh, Logan Thomas is very good. And so, can you guarantee me he's not sitting on their IR right now? Yeah, I cannot. Jordan Reed. Jordan (laughs) Reed is so good whenever he actually plays. And then Wagner, like Wagner was is excellent. He's on pace to set an NFL record for tackles. Like this is Jordan Brooks is in the top 5 in the NFL for tackles. This is a, a good defense. The pass rush is not great. I Jamal wish it Adams could be a little better. Pick. I they are creating pressure but they're just not finishing sacks. And like I just you just need to see them convert more of those pressures into sacks. That's that's it. And yeah, Jamal Adams got another pick. Like this is it this is a good this is a good football team.
2: We just need but... a complimentary piece to go with Daryl Taylor. Uh, if Dunlap was sure. Dunlap from last year, but I think he just kind of finished
0: aging, which was something that was always a threat. Yeah, he only got four snaps in this game. I just think, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of done. It, it's it's too bad, but we paid him like a guy that's kind of done. So yep. maybe, maybe we knew. Same with Dwayne. Like we've been saying with Dwayne, like the team maybe kind of knew that the time was coming to an end with Dunlap. Which is why crap. we
2: didn't do anything to address their positions. Oh, wait.
0: Correct. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> we, were, we were
2: done with the signing Blame part, never mind.
0: That's uh, that's the that is the dumb part. Yes, exactly. Like that's John Schneider, Pete Carroll, man. Those guys needed to they they knew. Okay.
2: Who thought so, who knew the players in their mid to late thirties uh,
0: declined? Darrell Taylor was our fir- Darrell Taylor was our first round draft pick this year, Kevin. Okay. Now I'm doing a Pete Carroll impression. Oh, All right, so the defense is good. You guys have I missed it out because you didn't walk off halfway through the quote. Who's who stood out for you guys on defense? Let's start with Kevin. Kevin, who stood out for you on defense this week?
2: All right. So uh this week on defense, um one of the guys that stood out for me was Daryl Taylor. Uh he again got a lot of pressure, some of and he did get a sack. Some of the plays that he made were called back due to penalties. Um, but he continues to be kind of our standout guy when it comes to getting to the quarterback. Um I thought him. Penal.
0: Penalties did not go our way again. Woof! Uh, the, the stars oh. came. The stars came out for the primetime game. It was it was star studded performance. Everyone turns out to record. see the refs. Yeah, exactly. That's, anyway, the real stars. Yeah. So Daryl Taylor did have a great game, though. I agree. Um, just he's he's just he's a budding young star, right? We're we're seeing. I think he's you know, on the same career path as Frank Clark, right? This is the build up season. Next year will be the explosion. Ten sacks, looks real good. Um, yes, we do need another compliment. You're right, Kevin. We need another complimentary piece on the other side. 100%. Yeah, Cliff
2: Averill without a Michael Bennett just was not quite the same player. It's the same thing. If you have two guys, it's really hard to avoid them. If you have one guy, there are things you can do to mitigate that.
0: And we kind of wasted all of Puna Ford's extremely team-friendly contract. So yep. no, that, that kind of sucks because Puna Ford has been consistent and very strong. He's a good, really good football player. Probably will get paid next year. Maybe by us, maybe not. We'll see what happens. Uh, might just, maybe we just collect the compensatorian and let it go. But all right,
1: Eric, who is your, who's your uh, defensive stud this week? Um, that's really hard. I, I like Daryl Taylor. You know what? I'm going to go with, um, with Quandre Diggs because God, my, you guys took my first choice and my second choice, which <laughs> which
0: I like, because that means we're on the same page and we're thinking we, this, we, we agree that these players are playing good and this
1: defense is playing good. So well, it's funny oh, throughout, this, throughout the season, I've. Like I just haven't picked him as my player of the game. He's been great, but I don't know. I just haven't. And then he's he's kind of the unsung hero for the Seahawks defense. Yeah, good because... thing we didn't
2: extend him. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: There's still time. Oh. There's still time. No, I, gotta I stop. I gotta stop doing. I was I was the
2: downer, I, and now I'm stuck I, in the downer. Yeah, it's I, the, I saw the, the, the character sticks around. I think Kevin. it was
0: field goals tweeted yesterday. Stop screwing around and resign Quandre. <laughs> like, <laughs> like seriously though, I mean it's true. Just stop screwing around
1: and, and resign Quandre. He's really good. You're right. Yeah, it's, he's he's a great piece. I hope we get him. It's going to be hard to pay him because he's going to want some of that Jamal Adams money, especially what he does for this team. So uh, it's it's great to see Quandre because that is a true safety that we have not had back there in a very long time. All
0: right. Um, I, I want to bring up one note. Uh, middle linebacker, our linebackers, you know, so Brooks and Wagner credited with night, targeted 19 times for 17 receptions, 151 yards okay we've seen it week after week okay JD McKissick was out there just killing us in this game Antonio Gibson was out there just killing us in this game I do not understand how at this point Pete Carroll doesn't know like hey these simple circle routes and uh and and running back dump offs they just kill us when we play this zone defense and he hasn't adjusted if Taylor Heineke can throw it to JD McKissick I'm sorry I I, I'm just that that right there just tells me everything I need to know about the fact that Pete Carroll does not have it's a coaching problem it's not a talent problem these guys have talent they played pretty good uh this the the same plays beat us all the time okay so i would back
2: you a little bit on that real quick
0: yeah um
2: speaking of the same things plaguing us so the type of defense we're running often requires the linebackers to cover the slot receivers and it's not an uncommon defense. A variation of it is what uh, Robert Law runs. What a number oh, of people... That, it's going good for the dream. Jets
0: this year. No, I'm just kidding.
2: But uh, is what the 49ers run now. It's 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 a pretty common defense throughout the NFL. It's, um, we're 32nd in covering running backs. According to DVOA. We are 27th in pass DVOA versus wide receiver 2. We are 30th in the NFL in DVOA against short passes. So... Like yes, that's a symptom of the type of defense we're running, but we're also doing an exceptionally bad job among defenses running that style of defense, which is inexcusable for the talent level we have.
0: Yeah, especially because our middle linebackers are two of our best players. Like, put them in positions to succeed. There's no way they're dumb. Okay. Also, Ryan Neal. I just didn't realize how big that guy is. Like, he's on the yeah, field he, for like. He is a small.
2: He is a. He is a small linebacker.
0: Yeah, I was like, he's a. He's almost as big. He looks like similar size to Bobby when they stand next to each other. I'm like, "thing this is kind of crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to Al Woods though. I'm going to take I'm going to take your boy Eric. 5 5 run stops. Yeah. He, he was you know, we try, it we takes uh, we, snaps too, man. Uh, we had trouble, you know, stopping them from sustaining drives, but uh he they they really you know, we had, we had some good we had the thing is we just could not get off the field. I like guess it's just tough. It's it's tough because we were stopping them and getting turnovers and doing a good job, but it's just I don't know. It like I said, they were on the field too long. Eventually they got tired. It was hard to watch. Oh, so let's talk about the bad part. The Seahawks offense. All right. Mm. Where do where do we where should I start? Let's start with rushing. The fourth quarter, like our offense did. Oh. No. Let's start with rushing. Ten <laughs> designed running back runs in a game. Okay. I, For eighteen I yards. For eighteen yards, yeah. Gross. Okay, I I don't love. I know a lot of people say like passing is better than running, and generally I agree. We should passing is better than running. You should build your offense around passing, but uh, you have to be able to run. Kind of, you know. You can't just you can't just and even if you run poorly, you got to do it some. You can't just abandon the run and also just get so be so bad run blocking. I mean, this team run blocking just there was nothing there. And these running backs, boy, we, we, we were wondering maybe about like, why didn't we put a waiver on Philip Lindsay or, you know, why have we not made phone calls to any of these veterans that are getting run out there now by like Baltimore or um, Tennessee, these, these veterans that are around just like this guy, just like Wayne Gallman just hanging out, you know, and then they, they get signed and they can get four yards to carry. Why don't we have any of those guys? And um, at this point, it's because Pete, it's Pete Carroll and uh, and John Schneider being stubborn or something because we have cap room. There's Maybe no they reason. saw
2: our run blocking and just didn't want to come here. I,
0: that's the thing. Philip Lindsay, we could have just claimed him on waivers. He didn't have a choice. He would have had to come here. <laughs> you know, they, they, just, they could just say, "Hey, you're on our team now." You know, hey, guy that him and... the
1: easy way or the hard way. We could have said that to him. We picked him up too. That would have been great. Well, here's the
0: thing about Philip Lindsay is okay, he's he's 27 years old and his career average is five yards a carry. Like there's there's no way that this guy is worse than than what we're doing. Yeah, right he cannot now. pass
2: block and he cannot catch. But who cares? Who he cares? The ball off to
0: him. We need a guy who can just with juice in his legs who can. Great tackles on first and second down, like the. And the, his version
2: run- of run blocking, or his version of pass blocking, is being the play action back.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's tough. And then the pass blocking man, miserable in this game. Just Kyle Fuller guys- sucks so bad postage and Fuller was like a, yeah. a void in the middle of the line, just getting destroyed over and over and just making Russ's life more difficult, which obviously is something he could not handle because he was just missing guys that normally he would hit. Guys who were wide open. Oh, just he the- could not set his feet and could and like put his body into a throw at all. And then because his finger, I think, like the you know, usually he could in a normal circumstance, I think he makes like those off balance throws, right? Like, wouldn't you guys agree with that? Like he kind of, we can, he can kind of get away with being off balance a little bit in this game. It was just like clean miss when, when he was a little off balance, uh, he's missed. The weird thing is, is that when he was pressured in this game, so under pressure, he actually went nine for 14 and averaged 12 yards per attempt, mostly because on the play that he got the two big plays he got, he was pressured on both of those plays. Uh, not because of anything else he was routinely pretty mediocre other than a couple big plays and yeah i don't know i don't know is is our offense seems fundamentally broken sam gold made a video about how he thinks it's fundamentally broken and i tend to agree and i would just recommend you watch that video uh the youtube video i recommend you watch
2: all of sam gold's videos he puts out really quality content support people who put out good content
0: his stuff is his stuff rules but i thought it was really you know instructive on just this offense is not working whether it's is Waldron garbage? I don't know. I'm not sure. Is Russ just, just, uh, you know, stubborn and wants to do it his way is, is Pete maybe imposing some of himself and you know, the talk, the stuff that matters to Pete toxic differential, that's big plays, uh, the running, running the ball, you know, that, that stuff is that stuff being imposed on our offense. I, I don't know. There offense is What I do know, the offense is broken and it's not working. That's what, that's what I do know right now. And so, I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm struggling mentally and, and, and the, to watch these these games and, and stay engaged. Uh, like last game, I was very tempted to just like turn it off and put on the condensed game film later so I could finish it in 20 minutes. Kind of like ripping off a bandaid,
1: you know, well, they're hard to watch. And you think is this it's the part so- where I say I'm
0: going to the Seahawks game on
2: the Sunday? Oh, no. Oh, no, Kevin. <laughs>
1: no, that that'll be fun. It,
0: going to the game is fun no matter it is. what.
2: Plus, uh, plus they have good in-stadium beer and I'll be getting a tat sandwich. So
0: you guys want you guys want to hear a fun uh, Seahawks uh, statistic from the last three weeks since Russ came back?
2: Well, yeah. it's not going to be fun, but sure.
0: Gerald Everett has more targets in the last three weeks than either DK Metcalf or Tyler
1: Lockett. Hey, we're getting him involved. It's about time. Hey, everyone oh,
0: no. was saying we need to target I, the tight end more. Yeah. Yeah, but but maybe that, that's bad because okay, right now, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are like both around the fortieth most targeted receiver in the NFL. Behind such, you know, stalwarts as Hunter Renfro and stuff like that. These are the kinds of players you can build offenses around, especially DK. And it is embarrassing the way that they fail to get him the ball in any kind of creative way. There's, there's no creativity in our, in our offense, watch it, watch a 49ers game and watch the way they use Debo Samuel. I don't think Debo Samuel is really that good of a wide receiver, but you know what he is good at? He's good at running after he catches the ball. And so they just like figure out ways to get the ball in his hands. Last game, he had zero catches and seven rushes and was very productive there. DK Metcalf, you can't tell me you can't get the ball in his hands somehow? You can't figure out some way to get the ball in his hands? It's just ridiculous. And you, t- if you get him the ball in space, yeah, I'm sure some defensive backs can be real excited about trying to stop that guy from running him over. It's just – it's so frustrating. And I'm, How much
2: of it do you think is Russ' refusal to throw over the middle unless it's the last resort?
0: I mean, that might be part of it. Maybe you, maybe you, you don't drop plays like that because Russ just won't take those throws. He won't I, take – because I think easy, we've seen
2: that on film yeah. quite a few times, which is one of the frustrations that we have with Russ right now is when it comes to that 10 to 20 yards downfield, the type of situation where you could totally target DK on a slant route or an in-breaking route, but Russ only wants to throw it outside. And when you think about DK's body type and the way that the average person's probably going to defend him, throwing to the outside is really just giving the corner a better chance and making it harder for him to shield the eye. Ball from the defender with his body, like I, I don't feel like that plays into DK's strengths, and I you got to wonder why Russ won't do that.
1: Yeah, it's wish, wish we could figure that out. It's been brutal. he wants to win, that's one way you could do it. Doesn't make any sense, it's been absolutely brutal. Uh, well, all right. his
2: depth, the average depth of target for DK was 24.3 yards. If you are only launching 25 yards or more downfield on the three targets that you gave him. Then you're not really targeting him. You're not really trying to get the ball to him. You're just hucking it deep and hoping he can beat two dudes.
0: Wonderful. I'm just so pumped. All right. Uh, <laughs> here we go, guys. You ready? Who was the offensive superstar in this game? Eric, start us off. Who was the <sighs> offensive superstar in this wow.
1: game? Wow. Well, I mean, of all the choices that we could make from this amazing. From Amazing. Gerald, you have choices from Gerald Everett to Gerald Everett. <laughs> well, here's here's what I don't like about this question because I could say Tyler Lockett because he had he was really there on the first drive. I could say Gerald mm-hmm. Everett because we actually used him. I don't want to say anyone else.
0: <laughs> exactly, there's no really no one there's, else. There's, there's like I said, the choices are Gerald. Everett. The first
1: two players, I'll go third. It's the dumbest. I, I actually I actually have a, a third player I wrote down. But here, you know what? I'll give it to Gerald Everett because he ran some underneath routes. I've been wanting the underneath routes all season. He didn't pull a D Eskridge where he ran out of bounds uh with no one around him. Uh I don't he blame took those a hits wide receiver for that. Also no, I don't, another I don't outbreak came where it didn't need to be. Yeah, I don't blame D Eskridge for you know being five foot ten and ninety pounds, or maybe I do. So, uh, yeah, Gerald Everett player of the game. All
0: right. I'm going to give it up for the offensive tackles, Dwayne Brown and Brandon shell, because Mm. as the, as the pocket was collapsing from the middle, they were doing okay. (laughs) So so, good job by, good job by you boys. Uh, Brandon shells big and Dwayne Brown, they they combined. They only had one pressure combined. They did a good job, uh, on the, uh, on the outside, especially comparative to what was happening on the inside of the line where they gave up 13 pressures combined. Well, 14 if you include the one that the halfback should have blocked. You know, okay. Anyway, all right. Oh, Go ahead, Kevin.
2: All right, then if we're going to keep it up that way, then I will give it to Lockett, who was the consummate deep threat in this game. Unfortunately, Russ will only throw to two deep threats and won't use anyone in the intermediate area, so we didn't have the rest of our offense. But if this was the game that Lockett turned in every single week, that would be enough from our number two
0: receiver. I agree. All right. So yeah, that, that, those are basically all the players that played good. I think everyone else is kind of on our, uh, our Freddie show. Swain was right. fine. I mean, it's Freddie Swain. Like I don't want, here's the thing. Do you want Freddie Swain on the field for 28 snaps a game? Like that's the problem. I like Freddie Swain. I think he's good, but he played almost two thirds. He th- no, he did play two thirds of the Seahawks snaps in this game. I just think that's too much. That's an, o- that's a Swain overdose. And that is, uh, yeah. So that that's kind of where I'm at on Swain. The Swain train, he's good though. Thirty-one snaps, uh, twenty-seven on passing plays uh, out of forty-seven. So okay. So now we are on to San Francisco. So how do we match up with San Francisco? Well. Uh, San Francisco is the number two rush defense and the number 22 passing defense. So if we are going to beat the 49ers, something I would love and I'm sure Kevin would love uh, to to happen, we need to throw the ball well in this game.
2: So we're not winning.
0: And then, and then the other thing, San Francisco's <laughs> offense has been excellent lately and they're good at running the ball and good at passing the ball. They can beat you a number of ways. They, they are real. You know what they're really good at? They're really good at getting their guys, uh, the ball in space underneath something that I'm sure will be very fun for us to watch this week against the Seahawks as Brandon, Ayuk, George Kittle and, uh, Kyle use destroy us with little stupid short five yard routes. So as you can tell, I'm very excited about this game. I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the beatdown. I I'm, I'm like very depressed about where we're at just kind of as a team right now. And not only that, but these are two teams that are heading in completely opposite directions. The 49ers are ascending while we are oh. descending. And it's, uh, it's very bad. The 49ers now have like a 94% chance of making the, making the playoffs. Uh, according to uh, the, the pro the football outsiders uh, playoff odds. Now, Fun fact, uh the these are never fun. No, no, these are not fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually done. I'm done. All right. Uh, Good effort, effort Good effort. I, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, be, be leaguer the point. I mean, we really needed Chris Carson this season, and the thing is, they control the ball, and we're gonna be on the field for like forty minutes in this game on defense. It's, it's going to be hard to watch, even if we win. It's going to be like the 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 worst Seahawks win. You know, the 21-20. We hold on to the ball uh, just for one, one, dr- one last drive while they have had the ball the whole game and we had two big plays. The Pete Carroll special. And then we they just hang the around back. at the end. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: And then can't finish the drive on the ball that they get back with like a minute and a half left. And we end up relying on Jimmy G to like being one of our linebackers in the numbers.
0: Which he has not been doing. He's been good lately. He's been really. Oh, he's good. only ever one throw away. You know that. I know it's. He it can go bad for him at any moment. But he knows the guy, Trey Lance is just around the corner. He's looking for on, his
1: next come up. As can we, we as jackets.
0: we as we have been stuck in primetime lately, uh, for some reason. Uh, so I, I always have to watch the kids on Sundays. So I I end up just uh, watching the local game on the TV, uh, putting it on while I'm playing with my kids and stuff. And and it, for some reason we always have the 49ers in our local slate it's terrible on
1: the west coast it's terrible yeah.
0: so it's it sucks like it's like oh i gotta watch this 49ers team and then they're they're like playing good lately so that extra sucks um i need to order red zone again anyway <laughs> kevin how do you how do you feel like the matchup is with the 49ers
2: so the thing that bothers me is that uh the 49ers are pretty similar to us on first and second down. We're actually, by past DVOA, we're sixth on first down and fourth on second down. We just don't pass on those downs. We're 29th on third and fourth down. Um, They, on the other hand, are top five on third and fourth down. So they're basically our offense that can convert third downs. Um, For the record, for those of you who keep track at home, that makes you better.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, getting first downs is the best thing you can do. We talked about this before like when we when we give wide receiver stats, you know, like one thing I always look at is how many first downs did a guy get because that's a just a great way to kind of quantify like how effective a player is really being.
2: Yeah, this um, this year no one's getting enough targets on our team to get quantifiable first down numbers. That's a whole other problem.
0: Doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: Uh the other thing is we're <laughs> 29-42 between the 40s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're making guest appearances from the quick shot. Um, give us
0: give us the money, Lebowski. <laughs>
2: we believe in nothing. Uh, so, really, this comes down to, can Russ pull his head out of his butt and do what he needs to do in order to operate within this offense? And can the offense call plays in a rhythm? Because I think those are the two things that have been happening. I don't think Waldron's Play calling has been poor. I think his play mixing has been nonsensical. He's not setting up plays with other plays. Or if he is, then the execution is so terrible that you can't tell that that's what's happening. So really, it just depends. If our offense can figure things out, I have every faith that we could win by two scores. I honestly don't think the 49ers are a great team. I think they're a solid team. But with what we've been rolling out there, are we going to go ahead and give scores?
0: Uh no, Eric's got to Eric's got to tell us how he feels about the 49ers first. Like, All right, go for it. No, Eric, I mean, how do you feel I, about I the 6 nothing. and 5 Ascendant
1: 49ers? They're a team that can that can do things and annoy you. If we were a good team this year, not a great team, if we were a very good team, second in the division, um I would I would have no doubts that we would win this game probably by 13-14 points. But because
0: Gen- <laughs> generally we're very successful against the 49ers though, Eric. In in history, you know, we, we it's like the rock, paper, scissors of the NFC West, right? We're the we're the scissors. We cut paper. We cut forty nine.
1: I know, but this is a different season, Nathan. I know. This is, I know. This but is the year. What do you, what the hell are you talking about? We pick them up, This is the this is the year of doom. Yeah, this is the year of doom. Seriously. There's and we already beat them once. There's no coming yeah. back here. Yeah, when we when we had a team. When we had so, hope. <laughs> we did have hope. <laughs> they can run the ball they can throw the ball. They don't have any like true superstars out at least on the offensive end and it's not going to matter. It's going to be a game where they control the clock and they probably win they're going to win bigger than Washington before they scored that touch before the Seahawks scored the touchdown at the end. That's what I think. If the 49ers have an Achilles heel this year,
0: it is the uh, the special teams the kicking game. And so <laughs> The if we can keep it
1: close and oh, the, you know get lucky phases get lucky get lucky in the kicking game I really feel like that's our path you to know when players. you asked me for my player of the game and offense I was thinking like does Michael Dixon count as offense because he sure is fun to watch dude he booted it man he yes, was he bo- bootzilla he was bootzilla yeah,
0: last game was he was great. so good that
1: would be fine yeah. I'm
0: I'm very uh very optimistic about this game I'm gonna I'm go uh, let's do uh, let's do our picks I'm gonna go 21, twenty one twenty forty ers in an agonizing defeat. Uh, where we get the ball for the last drive, but this time it does not come through. Cl- classic 2021 Seahawks loss. All right, uh, Kevin, what do you think? 30-13 to 13,
2: San Francisco.
0: Yuck. Very possible. I can totally see it.
1: Eric, what do uh, you think? It's going to be an offensive explosion for the Seahawks. They're going to score 17 points, and that will be 32 by the 49ers. Man, this is... Uh, I'm, de- I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sad now. Okay. So,
0: so there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to only12s.com for as little Let's click anywhere on the screen for a little dollar twenty four a month. You can get, uh, Access to our Patreon podcast already posted for this week. Uh, it's, it's silly. It's zany. It's Should we fun. start giving out the
2: crisis um, line number at the end of this podcast for, uh, <laughs> for twelve?
0: No. If you want, it, but it, no. If you need help, if you're if you're suffering, you're not alone. Join the Discord. That's that. That's where we're all we're all making memes. We're all doing fun stuff. It's it's it is a it is group therapy and it's a great time. So I uh, thank you to those people who support the pod: Andy, Brett, Greta, James, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Manuel, Astro, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Philoctomus, Keith, Foles, Jay. Kieran, Leon, Michelle, Mike, and Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Everyone who supports the pod, thank you guys. Um, Keep us going. Uh, I like reading names, so add names to that list. Uh, Be like, do it all for the Tucci and uh, join, join, join the squad. Okay, Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into movie club this week. We had the leftovers, Uh, so everyone had made a big Thanksgiving dinner. Um, This is we ate a big Thanksgiving dinner, and we are uh, now full. We've got the leftovers. We've got the food just hanging out. And so I thought, or Kevin thought really. Kevin came up with an idea that we should do a fave five. Movies about or involving food. Because what
2: summarizes our podcast more than movies and food?
0: We're going to call this the leftovers. So, all right. uh, Who wants to start? Um, Uh, Why don't you start? Okay, I'm going to think a little strategically. Which is that I th- I want three movies in, and I think I can build strong arguments for my other two movies that I want in, and I think this one would be really hard to get in because I don't think either of you have seen it, but I really like this movie, and so I'm gonna go kind of off grid. I'm gonna get in Kevin's lane, which is I'm gonna I do a exactly foreign. Gonna be- I'm gonna do a foreign Ooh. film, Ooh. Uh, and I'm going to put raw into the fave five. This movie really? is visceral. It is visual. It is. Um, there is uh, Weird. Some, there there is a physicality to this movie that is just uh, unsettling it is so good um uh, i don't know like so when i was in high school i took like a course where you dissected animals that was basically the whole course it's called anatomy and physiology and you just basically dissected stuff the whole year and um i don't know it's like you have the, you have you have this feeling of, of like um it's like both disgust and also excitement that is like this movie captures so well. I don't know how else to, to explain uh raw. It's just like, it's a really I've seen good, Ra. it's a really good. Uh, movie. Do you like it? Do you like raw Eric?
1: Yeah, I
2: enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I who's think the it's,
2: director on that.
0: It's a uh, Julia. Dur Du And it's French. Uh, okay. she was she was a first time director in this movie and it, the shots that in, that are in this movie are incredible for a first time director like you're gonna be like because wh- you haven't watched this I don't think Kevin it's on your want to watch list uh, writer, yeah I haven't
2: funny. watched it I've
0: seen uh, clips from it it's a really interesting looking movie it's it's um it's on it's on prime video it's free and you you uh there is just a the, the shots in this movie are so good and it, it's just yeah it's it's um it's insane it's uh it's cool. I mean the just the description of it's awesome too. She's 16 year old going to vet school. She's a vegetarian. They make her they haze her by making her eat raw meat and her true self emerges. It's just like, oh. Yeah. This is I, I mean it's it's awesome. Okay, anyway, I'm I'm in for raw. Here we go. Uh go ahead Eric. What's your what's your movie? Oh, what do you think I What do you think I was going to say by the way? I'm, I, I'm curious now.
1: It's the one that
0: I, I zigged. I zigged when you thought
1: I was going to zag. <laughs> Uh, you did more <laughs> did you, than that. I mean, you think I was going to say "shock a lot" or something? No, no, no. Come on. I don't think anyone's saying "shock a lot." More like Jiro like, dreams."
0: Of, dreams of sushi. Uh, you
1: actually, know, that's, that's on my short list. That's on my short list as well. So you better, you better stop it right there. Uh, I wanted to keep it away from documentaries, although I'm happy to bring those in. I wanted to bring in a movie from my youth. I have not seen this movie in over a decade. I Ooh. hope it still stands up, but I really. I really hope you guys have seen this. Eat, drink, man, woman. Oh, have you guys seen I, this movie? So,
0: so uh, I um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know this movie. I know of this movie,
1: but I've never actually watched it. So, what okay. what do you love about this movie? Um, it's basically about a family. Um, uh, what is it? Daddy's got. Uh, it's like a father daughter thing, three, right? He's got three daughters, and it it revolves around food because every I guess it's Saturday or Sunday. I think it's every Sunday they. They basically make this, uh you know, they yeah, have like a family, family dinner yeah. and it's um have you seen it, Kevin?
2: Uh, I have not. It's been on my watch okay. list for a while. I wasn't able to squeeze it into a couple of things. I think I actually own it.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um David, it's, it's them going through their lives, you know, the ups and downs, relationships, uh, friendships, um, the hardships of life. They kind of, you know, come together around food. I really enjoyed the way this movie was shot when I, when I saw it and, Years later, Ang Lee would direct the amazing Hulk movie. So good. But uh, no, this is back when Ang Lee was making uh, great foreign films. And um...
0: So one thing is Ang Lee's early movies are all about like being a dad. And now that I'm a dad, like I want to go back and watch them because like, it just seems I'll, it I'll, I think I, I think I will connect with them and I've never seen this one. So I think that it's it,
1: very good. I, but I don't putting remember, it on my radar. Is a I connector. don't remember anything bad about this movie. I remember being like, oh, I don't really want to watch a subtitle movie. Is it, it better I or did, worse than, good. than Billy Lynn's long halftime walk? I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another
0: Ang Lee classic. Okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> Kevin, what's Eat meat, drink man, woman. This is this day five is getting getting frisky. Right All off the right. Bat. That's it. Like then it. We're going to go
2: ahead and complete the trifecta of foreign films. I'm going to go Love with work. a South Korean movie. Uh, it is the 2019 uh, uh action comedy Extreme Job. That is about a uh, narcotic squad that goes undercover and starts a fried chicken restaurant that ends up becoming too successful for its own good and blows its own undercover operation.
0: I I heard this movie is like really wacky. Is, it, is that true?
2: Uh, it's... I feel like it's if you take kind of a pretty straightforward police procedural and then throw in these like really off things because like... I. Uh, they start running the chicken restaurant with the same fidelity that they are running the stakeout. Oh boy. And so like the scenes where they transition between the two, like it creates this interesting juxtaposition. There's some, uh, kind of wacky moments where, cause you start to not take the take character seriously. And then suddenly you realize like, wait a minute, these people are really well-trained at what they're doing. And uh, they managed to pull something really interesting off. There's a few running gags that are in there. And what I respect about it is it's an action comedy where the action scenes hold up.
0: Okay. So uh, it's just, I it's, you a, it's a about really this movie, fun I movie. What I respect Kevin. about this movie, Kevin, is that it is uh It is uh, the movie. It beat Avengers Endgame in the box office in South Korea. Hell yeah. So, okay. Uh, All right. Well, this is this is crazy then because I had like a bunch of movies that that I was like, oh, I'm sure this movie will get mentioned, but that this movies probably have no chance now. So I'm going to just get these movies that have no chance that are good. So Chef, I I think there's like a a good movie that I think we're all going to say we're all going to pass on at this point. Correct. Am I? I, I'm,
1: I I'm not in on Chef.
0: Okay. Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory.
1: That is one that I would go to back for a little bit.
0: 1971. All right. Uh, yep. You can, you can pitch it. I, I have a feeling that it's going to, it's going to get kind of pinched right here, but
2: okay. So Willy Wonka, and the chocolate factory. First of all, it is, um, it is from that era of seventies and eighties movies where it is far darker than a kid's movie should be. And all the better for it. I, uh, it, the songs um are very fun and memorable. And really it's just Gene Wilder being amazing for two hours.
0: Okay. So here's my, here's my, here's my qualms of this movie and why I think we, we should just pass on it. Okay. Cheer up Charlie. Like what, yeah, the worst, worst six minute stretch in any movie, a kid's movie. And I literally, I watched this movie like a hundred times and I think I fast forwarded that song 98 of them. And then uh, I would literally like, I'm lazy and I would get up out of my chair, walk up to the VCR, <laughs> push the fast forward button and then sit there and, and hit play, like when I when I knew it was over, because I didn't want to see it. Second thing, uh, Grandpa Joe doesn't go into the fan, so I think that if he went into the fan, I think I would. I think that I would put this movie in the fade five. But because he didn't, wow. uh, I think that if he went into the fan, I'd be in. Because Grandpa Joe sucks, and so so, so I I want to see him get some kind of a comeuppance in this movie because he's the real villain. You know,
2: you know between the Grandpa Joe hate and the Pete hate, we got to watch the elder here's, abuse claims on the here's, podcast. Here's
0: the thing about Grandpa Joey too. Not everyone's always like, oh, well he he um he's, dude. he's also the person at the end of the movie who says that he should give the everlasting gobstopper to Slughorn. Like he's he's literally like makes the wrong choice every opportunity possible. Seals the fizzy lifting drinks. Like everything that yes, he, he's the jaded old man. He's terrible. He's the
1: worst. He does everything.
0: He's wrong the true the child in the movie. Yeah, he is a child. He's okay, libertarians,
1: him and Veruca Salt, <laughs> true children.
0: All right, let's hear some. Let's hear some. Um, I
1: have two movies in mind already, but I am going to hear from you guys. What, what, what's something you are thinking of, Eric? Uh, I'll say Eurodreams of Sushi. This is okay. something near and dear to my heart, and that is sushi. But honestly, uh, sushi, Japan. They talk about how the overfishing of you know certain fish is like ruining sushi, and the idea that you can get sushi in the store is not what sushi is about. It was a really great documentary. And it made me made me not want to go to the Mizuki all you can eat buffet and eat sushi, <laughs> which which anyone who knows anything about me, I'm I'm waiting for the pandemic to end so I can go back there. Um, it's it's beautifully shot because let's face it, face it, looking at sushi, it's beautiful sushi on wood, uh, a very simple establishment that Euro owns. It's it's just. Um, it's a beautiful See, film in all ways is, to me.
0: This is actually like my problem with the movie. I love the story and I love like crafting a movie around this guy who has such singular focus on becoming. That's the, what I was going to say is the, thing about that the thing. movie
2: speaks to me is the way that he is so passionate about something. And like, like it makes you energized about it because he the, cares so much.
0: The way me. that this documentary is such a freaking documentary, like with the, the, <laughs> the voiceovers and the talking heads and the transitions. And it's like, at the end of the day, like I wish someone else would have made this movie. Like I feel like the story is great, and that you're right. Like when they just show a shot of sushi in this movie, it's like,
1: dang, bro. The voiceovers that's didn't bother thing. me that much. They weren't as plentiful. I didn't like them, but they weren't as plentiful as they could have been. <laughs> I will say that's why it's
2: a four out of five for me is because if
1: somebody who
2: was willing to take a little bit more risk as a filmmaker did the project, it could easily be a stone five.
0: Yeah, that's the because thing. Like, this guy the- found a great story, and I think he just executed it at, at like a a b plus level it was an a plus story so it averages out to this movie's an a but like i think like he they fell a little short for me of, of a plus status i don't know if i would totally if we if you guys don't like the other movies that we bring up then i'm totally in for Jiro sushi it's awesome So, <laughs> I'm up that. the
2: movie that nathan and i are just gonna
1: muscle onto this and that's ratatouille Oh, yeah, I'm going to mess on that, too. Come on. Everyone loves that movie. Ratatouille. OK, good. That's a good one. I like this. That's, one. That's I like, like the one suggested. everyone was going to suggest. But we're yeah, that's waiting that was for
2: that was here. the gamification. None of us were going to bring it up as our one because everyone's going to bring it up as one.
0: I love Ratatouille. I also gave it a four, which is the same score. I gave you a sushi, but I just like this movie makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So that's why I think I like it a little better. Um, I don't know. Like what? What? OK, let's let's what's the best things about this movie. I don't know. There's that uh, the central uh,
2: message. The idea
0: that food can, like, trigger a memory, too, or can give you
1: such a strong Mm -hmm. feeling. As someone who is so connected to food, uh, is Jean Garofalo doing a French accent. (laughs) (laughs) Will Arnett doing a French accent. (laughs) Kind of. Brian Dennehy existing. Kind of. Kind of. Like I said, kind of, because he
2: (laughs) he really is kind of doing a French accent in this movie.
0: I also loved
2: loved Peter O'Toole uh, as Ego. Just another great voice to bring in. It's not
0: his best role, but I got to say it might be his best role. <laughs> this, is, this is like bubbling under like maybe uh, it's like it's like the best Pixar movie that no one talks about as being the best Pixar movie. Like no one comes out and is like, oh, Ratatouille is the best Pixar movie. But like it might actually be the best Pixar. It's not my favorite, but it's like that closing scene where they have the bistro and it's just like contentment. Yeah,
2: Like that's such a great, like happy close of. Uh, not needing to be everything. And the way that you kind of live up to your legacy is to find your niche within it, because um, uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Gusto? was yeah. the, the dude? Because mm-hmm. um, Gusto's whole thing was just sharing the love of food. And so I kind of uh, Remy or uh, not Remy, uh, the, the dude, uh, Linguini, uh, Linguini finding <laughs> like finding his a uh, uh, his little bistro and everything and finding just like his happy slice of life and the role that food and
0: cooking played in it was just okay. perfect. Okay, now I have a question, and this is mostly for Eric because I think that this is the argument against. Are you ready for this? Is this uh, about is my this,
1: Ratatouille recipe? No. no.
0: Is this your third favorite Brad Bird movie?
1: Uh, let's see. Like, Iron so, Giant is one. Is Incredibles too? Uh, oh I don't know. This might be Incredibles for me.
0: So my okay, so if this is ahead of Incredibles, then I think we can we can put it in. But if this is the th- if we agree that this is the third best Brad Bird movie, I think it's hard to to put it in,
1: especially when we can find other contenders to be uh, I wouldn't because this is the one we all slam dunked, and I will say it is better than Incredibles. There's there's no right, way iron you leave Red of iron the iron office. Giant. You'd
0: put it ahead of Iron Giant too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have, I have a I have, tie with Incredibles in the Head of Iron Giant. I have all of these movies uh, rated exactly the same, so I'd have to really. I have four and it. a half, four and a half, and four. So, and you don't all do right. half stars, so. <laughs> I do do half stars. Um, okay. Oh, okay. But uh, and okay. you also said do do. So you guys, you guys want to hear my my movie? This is my number one choice coming in. I think I can convince you guys. Uh, it's 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 one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Uh, and I think it's it's something just because hard
2: boiled been- is a way you can prepare an
0: egg doesn't make it no. a food movie. <laughs> no, no, that's my number one movie of all time. This is a five star movie that heavily features food and eating. It is a movie that I think is um, is among the best films I've ever watched. Spirited Away. Uh, I really, I really think that like this is a this is a food movie as much as anything else food plays a central role in this movie from the her parents porking out on the food and getting turned into pigs to her to the uh, monster eating everything and then having to throw it back up this is uh there's no problems with this movie there's nothing bad about it if you have anything bad to say about this movie i completely disagree five stars can can i put
2: another note on that
0: i've given very few movies five stars I would kick I would kick Ratatouille to the curb in one second to to, to put Spirit away in this fake five. <laughs> I just want you to know that.
2: I, I would like to I would like to uh to tack one more thing on, and that is uh the studio ghibli animation. Like, is there a studio that makes food look more delicious in animated form? Because no, I so, feel like this yeah. could almost be a prestige entry for all of their food. I'll kick it Because raw. in every I'll movie there's a lot
1: of one this five that looks tasty. I'll retroactively kick my other movie out of <laughs> out of the fave five if you guys won't let it in. I That's- like that you chose Raw. I like that you have that as a, <laughs> something you want to corner, you want to stand on. But I don't know if I'd put it in the top five. I saw that movie on, when it was streaming, and it was like it was enjoyable, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't put it top five. Uh, I like Spirited Away a lot. It's it's fantastic. I thought maybe Kiki's delivery service is a little more food oriented, but not as good, obviously. Yeah, that's what
0: I think. The the goodness amount counteracts the food. Although I mean, she is working in a like a like a restaurant
1: hotel thing. You know what I mean? Like on my movie. on my like short list, or you know, that's really all I had of like movies I really cared about. I would I would put this up there. So what's what's give me one for more
0: from your short list, and let's let's replace let's put Spirited Away in, and let's replace. Rock. Give me something else from your short list. I want you
1: to pitch pitch your short list to me, and let's find a let's find a. I had um, I had yours I had Euro Dreams of Sushi. Okay. Um, I I had my 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 eat, drink man woman. I thought about doing delicatessen, and then I was like, "You have not seen that movie in over twenty years. Don't put that in." Uh, um, Ratatouille's obviously there, there, there. Could be there could be something questionable in this movie. Yeah, to, exactly. <laughs> it was French. In that when I was a teenager, I was like really into French movies and being like, oh, "I think I get the plight." And now I go back and rewatch some of them, and I'm like, "That's trash." That's why fine. is that baby smoking? Why is that four hours long? And what was that about? Um, two Studio Ghibli movies I had. And then, of course, the and Salmon, Nathan. I'm just kidding. I just so, wanted to see if you remember <laughs> that movie. Hey, hey, what about waiting, though? Have you, Okay, have you... I thought about waiting, but I thought for sure that Kevin would crucify me for it. Because one, no one saw waiting in theater. Waiting has always been enjoyed by watching it on Comedy Central when you come into the room <laughs> and you're like, wow, Comedy Central's on what's this movie? This is dumb. I'm going to change the channel. But first, I have to do something else. And then you watch that movie and go, you know, that wasn't so bad. And then three more times, you're like, you know, what? that's a that's a good movie. It's, and my okay. thing is I will
2: say Waiting does a great job of capturing working in a restaurant.
1: But it also
0: does a great job of capturing how homophobic people were in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another problem with it. <laughs> that's, that's my problem with it. It's like I couldn't uh, I, I started reading jokes from that. I started watching clips from that movie and I was like, oh, no. Like uh, this is this is funny and it does capture like what what we're doing in two, in, in a, I I worked in wait okay I have another one I wrote wait, down wait
1: who's your favorite person in waiting that's what that's what I want to know
0: uh like who was I most like when I worked at the restaurant I mean, or honestly, who did you enjoy the movie I never I worked in a in restaurant lot. so
1: oh Luis Guzman
0: yes
2: <laughs>
0: come on one hundred percent yeah he man. personifies the best and worst of so that movie is oh
2: the goat you bastard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay i i have a couple uh more things done. down pulp, uh no pulp fiction is that a food movie because of all no. the like royale no. with cheese and they're in a the restaurant no. stuff okay uh is okay that was one i wrote down that i was like question uh quest, question questioning. questioning questioning office space is no. that is, is the is the restaurant stuff in office space food <laughs> enough to get into this
2: no because the food itself within the restaurant is barely discussed
0: all right, it's a fave six now. We got Raw, we got Spirited Away, Ratatouille, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, uh, Kevin's Chicken Shop movie. Uh, wait, what was it called? Extreme Job. Extreme Job. Did you have anything else, Kevin, that you wanted to throw in here? Oh, let's make it a fave seven. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Honestly, the Seahawks are terrible. I want everything gets in.
2: You know what? In honor of Thanksgiving, party. we're loading the
0: plate up. <laughs> Load <laughs> the plate right up. Who, who cares? Uh, so if you have a favorite movie that involves food, if you're a big chocolate fan or you, you really get down with Julie and Julia, uh, tell us about it in the Discord. Uh, we'll see you there. Uh, see you next week. Go Hawks.